Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 364. Have you ever won big at the casino? We all dream about that could happen to us, but usually end up losing or maybe walking away with a few extra dollars in your pocket. Occasionally, though, someone hits it big, and this week's cruise story is all about someone who hit it big three times on one cruise. Here we go. There's a lot to do on a Royal Caribbean cruise, but sometimes I get drawn, called to, lured into, however you want to look at it, into the casino. Hey, to me, it's good, wholesome fun, even though you're going to be losing money more than likely. But if you're going to lose money, at least do it in a fun way. And I do enjoy the casino from time to time. And actually, a lot of people do as well. It's not for everybody, but, you know, sometimes it's just fun to drop 20 bucks in a machine or put it all on black and see what happens. And I'll be honest. I usually win nothing. Occasionally, I'll win a little bit of money, come back with 50 bucks, and think I am the world's greatest gambler, and that Kenny Rogers should have sang a song about me. But that's not obviously what considered a big win, right? You always want to be the always dream about being the big winner. And on this week's episode, we actually have a big winner on board of this episode, and that is Steve Hook, who is going to be talking to us about this. Now, uh, you have to forgive the quality of this episode because it sounds going to sound fine, but unfortunately, I forgot to hit the record button at the very, very beginning of this. So Steve began talking about the story of this, and we're going to jump right into the story here on his Symphony of the Seas cruise that he took in September of 2019. I recommend it. Stayed the night in Miami, and then we picked up the ship Saturday morning, uh, and uh, we did our typical uh, stuff that you do when you get on the cruise. Um, we of course, had to have a drink to begin with at the uh, bar by the pool. Uh, and then we uh, took a tour of the ship waiting while we waited for our, our cabins to be available. And so we always uh, kind of scope out the casino to see what's happening there, uh, see where the machines are and, you know, looking around and trying to do it, you know, just kind of get the feel, lay of the land and all. So um, so that was all pretty good. You know, the cruise went off as typical, you know, it left port and everything. And uh, that night after dinner, we made our first venture into the casino and um, we were there for a, a while, probably it was probably pretty late at night actually um, before we finally, um, I mean, we were playing different machines and then I finally found a machine that I kind of liked uh, and I started playing it. And initially when I sat down and played it, uh, I was playing it for, I think like $11 and 50 cents a shot, which was like, Whoa, what am I doing here? That's a little too rich for my blood. Um, so I kind of cut you- it in half down to 625, uh, which was still a lot, but I said, I'll do this for a little bit and see what happens. And then um, all of a sudden the machine, I, you know, pushed the button one of the times and also the machine started going crazy. Uh, and it was like flashing and music was coming out of it. And, uh, and all these things started flashing onto the screen. And uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think I just won <laughs> on a, a hand paid jackpot on the machine. It wasn't a high one, but it was a uh, um, six, almost $1,700. Uh, so uh, oh. I was just kind of like in like in shock. I mean, it was really the first time it really I'd ever hit on a casino where they actually had to pay me by hand in order, um, you know, to claim the prize. Usually you just, you know, you win something that goes into the uh, the total on the machine and then you just gamble it away until it's like zero. Uh, and then you walk out and uh, things like was, that. So, is, but, Let me ask you this, Steve. Be, prior to this cruise, would you consider yourself would you consider yourself a gambler per se? Um, I like to gamble a little bit. I don't have, you know, tons of resources to go gambling, but I mean, I would, we have come some casinos here in, in Maryland that I would go to um, a little bit every once in a while. My dad likes to gamble and then my friend I was cruising with, she likes to gamble as well. So are we you, would, um, 
Are you a member of Casino Royale? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so uh, so you they they so what, when you win that what happens basically you get that machine message like stay where you are and they come and find you basically. Uh, yeah, the machine starts going um, starts um, going crazy. It starts playing music and the light goes on top and uh, starts flashing a message like um, call attendant, um, hand paid, jackpot, whatever, and it tells you how much money you just won in in dollars. And so you just kind of wait there until someone shows up from the casino. Uh, to take your, you know, information, your driver's license and things like that. And they have to go back and they, they put together a tax form, unfortunately. Because anything over $1,200, you have to pay taxes on. So uh, so you have to wait for that to come back. And then they come back with the tax form uh, and they give you, they count out the money in your hand and they give it to you right then and there in cash. Nice. Uh, and of course, listen, anytime you can win the casino, always a good thing, right? I mean, we're always, I think for most of us, it's like, hey man, if I win like 50 bucks, I'll, I'll call that pretty good. But right. the fact that you had to get the tax document, I mean, that's a, a good problem to have, but that would have been, that would have been good just in and of themselves, right? That would have been a, a good cruise story, but it doesn't end there. That would have been a good cruise story if it just ended right there, because I had never, ever won a hand paid anywhere in a casino, let alone on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And so that was, like I said, the first night of the cruise. And uh, my friend, Trisha, who I cruise with a lot, who's kind of introduced me to gambling on the cruise ships, she always swears that the machines are like connected in that row, that if one goes off, that the others are going to go off as well. I don't know how, um, why she thinks that, but apparently there's, who knows, might be some method that that happens in. Uh, so anyway, so I was on that same row of machines uh, two nights later. And I was playing a different machine, not the same one I won on, but a couple machines down. And uh, lo and behold, once again, I hit the exact same uh, prize amount, $1,690 uh, on a machine, two machines down or so from the machine I had just won on two days earlier. And again, the machine goes crazy. The, the thing message goes off. And on Symphony of the Seas, it flashes your name across the bottom. It says, you know, jackpot won by Steve H., or something of that nature so that it doesn't tell you who exactly but so my friend Trisha who was playing in the casino also um, saw my name flash across the bottom so she comes running around the corner trying to find where I am and um, and there I was again with the machine you know bells and whistles literally going off waiting to, to be paid by the uh, casino attendant once again <laughs> so this is uh i mean uh, what, what are you thinking in your mind i mean this is just is this incredible I mean, are you like now uh uh i mean are you are, is it shock is it is it you know uh, sheer joy what, what what are you thinking at this point it's a little bit of everything i mean it definitely was shock to be winning to win a second time um the same amount of money um but also of course very excited to be winning that amount of money um you know that was another seventeen hundred dollars so um that, you know, really wasn't, I wasn't expecting. I mean, I was happy to win the first amount of money and I was going to like, you know, probably play that back a little bit and, you know, enjoy the machine and enjoy the cruise. I, you know, usually bring enough money to, to gamble maybe a couple hundred dollars, four or five nights a week or so, about a thousand dollars. And so I was, uh, you know, like really excited that I had extra money to gamble with. Um, and <laughs> That's there was fantastic. Even, yeah. <laughs> and there was even the, the fifth night, which I didn't win enough to get a, a tax form but i walked out with another thousand dollars on that night as well <laughs> you just see it now how'd it go steve well you know it was i only won a thousand dollars i mean yeah, only a thousand it didn't get any forms this time darn yeah <laughs> so uh, 
So it was really exciting. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun and uh, hasn't happened again since. <laughs> um, but uh, it was fun while it was happening. I was really was it was the the three different winnings were they they were all on slot machines? Is that right? That is correct. Yes. And were they all on the same? game or type of game or like you know you know what i mean or different machines altogether they were all on that same row of machines there were five machines on that row and oh. uh, i won jackpots on two of those machines and i saw people win jackpots on two of the other others five machines there's only one machine i did not see anybody win on so there must be something to that idea that those machines are connected somehow or whatever i don't know but hmm. i saw it all happen right before my eyes and uh it was unfortunately in the smoking section, and I don't smoke, but I was willing to put up with the, the smoke in order to uh, try to win again. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> with the now, with the money, you win the money. Are you the kind of guy who double or nothing? Are you the type of guy who takes the money and run? Are you the type of guy who makes it rain elsewhere on the cruise ship? <laughs> what, what's your strategy there? Well, I I do definitely. Um, I don't necessarily take the money and run. I did try to you know play some more back, but um. Eventually, I did, you know, kind of walk out. I, you know, I want to stay ahead of the game, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, um, so I did. I guess I did. Did take some of the money and, and ran with it. Um, but then also, we then definitely, you know, we use it in other ways throughout the cruise. Um, That's nice. had, you, you use this opportunity ride. to kind of splurge a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not as afraid to like charge. You know, we, I didn't buy a beverage package, but I had the ultimate dining package, so I already had dinners paid for but we you know buying drinks and things like that you know like oh i can afford this i have plenty of money um, <laughs> here in in my safe in my room to take care of these different things now you mentioned the ultimate dining package was this your first time using the dining package this uh i think was the first time i had we did the ultimate dining package and um it was also my first cruise as a diamond member i just had reached diamond oh wow cruise before so that was the first time for diamond um so yeah there was a lot of a uh, a lot of first happening on this one. This was a so, really what you think of the what you think of the ultimate dining package, Steve? What would be your? Would you say it's a must buy, nice to buy, don't buy again? What's your thought on it? I would do it again. I would do it again. It won it, especially on a larger ship like Symphony, where there's a lot of different restaurant options and choices. Um, the hibachi was not included at that time in the, the package, so we did purchase that separately. Um, but yeah, I definitely. I mean, I think it was like 179 dollars um, for ultimate dining. For a seven night cruise, um, so I would recommend it. Yes, definitely. Awesome. I mean, it must be. It must have felt really good to. In your email, you wrote here. It's, it was fi- very exciting to have finally beat the casino. <laughs> <laughs> but it sets the bar very high. I mean, you go on any cruise now. If you're not winning at least, you know, uh, two out of three times with over a thousand dollars, it's like, well, yeah. yeah. I was on a cruise in. I was on. Let's see. That was September. I was on a cruise in October, and then a cruise in February this year. I did not win anything. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because we, we've talked about this, I think, on the podcast in the past, but, you know, I mean, I don't expect everybody to dig through the old episodes. Casino Royale, something I talked to, I asked you if you were a member of, it's it's Royal Caribbean's casino loyalty program, effectively. Uh, can you give our audience kind of a, a, a basic dry run, uh, you know, the quick breakdown of what Casino Royale is and, and why you obviously are part of it? What's the benefits, I guess, of, of being a part of it? Okay. Uh, yeah, so Casino Royale, I think everybody automatically could become a member of it in some sense. It's it's tied to your CPAS card. So when you gamble, you just place your CPAS card into the machine, or if you're playing table games, you, you put it out there and on the table. Uh, and then you get points based on how much money you, you gamble uh, while you're in the casino. So on every cruise, they um, 
they offer different uh, levels of uh, of uh, prizes, if you will, based on how much money you uh, you gamble on the cruise. And it can start out with just a hundred dollars off your next cruise, um, if you gain four hundred points, up to uh, potentially a, a junior suite if you you go over twelve thousand points. But every point is 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 five dollars worth of gambling from a, on a slot machine. So in order to get a, a you know a junior suite for twelve thousand points, you're talking what's that? Twelve times five. Is, you know, that's a lot of money. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's a lot of money to gamble in the in the casino. But it's not just the money you're putting in the machine. It's also the winnings you're getting back and you're, re, quote, quote, reinvesting into the machine. Um, that all counts towards your, your, your fee or your points. And so throughout the year, every time you cruise, you, you, you earn points and you can get certificates on those particular cruises uh, for money off or free cabins on future cruises. Uh, but you also earn points in there in the loyalty program for Casino Royale that um, offers you different levels of benefits based on um, how many points you have. So um, the lowest level is just the choice level, and that's if anybody, if you put one dollar in the machine or five dollars, you get one point. You're you're in the you're considered the low level of the casino. Um, but as you work your way up, you get into better some better and, and nicer benefits. Um, I'm at the next level, which is the prime level, which is between 2,500 points and, and 24,999 points. And that's through an entire year from April 1st to March 31st. Um, and that level gives you, um, which I think is a really good deal, probably why I didn't get the beverage package. It gives you free drinks in the casino uh, mm. when the casino is open. So um, every time the casino is, is functioning, um, you can use the bar in the casino and get a drink. Um, for free, even if you're not gambling, you're just because that's part of the benefits from the, the complimentary drinks you get from the casino. Uh, and then there's also discounts for, um, you know, this, um, the Wi-Fi packages and uh, uh, being able to, to use money, charge charge credits to your CPAS card for the casino. Um, usually there's a fee associated with it, but at a certain level, you can start getting those benefits for free. And then, then there's other uh, benefits um, considering a check-in or entertainment seating, different things like that. So as more you spend um, every year, the, the more higher your your benefit level goes um, in the casino. And then you get free offers, casino offers. Um, depending on how far up you get, you can get an offer for free cabins um, from the Casino Royale program um, to uh, you know for, for future cruises. So uh, some of the cruises I've been on, um, the September one was not a – casino offer but I, the cruise I did in October was a casino offer so that was a, a free cabin um, just pay the taxes and port fees and um, and then you get uh, those types of benefits plus you still get the free drinks in the casino and uh, other things like that hey, it's pretty I mean listen at the end of the day it's nice to get something for something you were going to do anyway right it's always a nice benefit and when you are you know talking about the casino number one it's not uncommon if you definitely if you've been to casinos on land where there are definitely loyalty programs and rail has its own and of course you know it go, it should go without saying that you shouldn't gamble for these benefits you should gamble because you enjoy gambling or think you're going to win and it's right. nice to get the benefits as a as a as a side bonus if you will uh but it is worth noting especially uh you know uh, the more you play obviously uh there are some benefits there to them and it's interesting i know you mentioned the rate at which you accrue points on the slot machines it's different also steve if you play uh, some of the table games. Is that accurate? Like the rate of which you accrue points? That is correct. I, I don't know exactly how I don't play table games, but it, it's yeah. something to do with how much money you spend over a certain period of time. Um, I believe. Um, but yeah, yeah, the casino, the, the slot machines is very 
it's very simple to figure out. It's based on you get one point for every five dollars you gamble. I mean, and that makes total sense. And you know, like I said, I don't know that it is something that I would recommend people you know should actively go for. But there are some nice benefits, and I think the you know certainly if you get to that higher level where Steve is, you get those free drinks in the casino. That's really nice. I think the number one perk, Steve, that I always hear about from other readers is the either the discounts for the for the casino. When I say sorry, right. discounts, I mean cruise discounts, like cruise fare discounts, and or of course complimentary cruises, of which those are offered uh, of, to people there. And there's no obligation. I mean, you you could go on the cruise and not spend a dime on there in terms of in the casino, but uh, they are significant. And it's interesting, even with this world of COVID nineteen, where there's been a lot of canceled cruises, the Casino Royale has still been doling out new offers, new opportunities. It's it's nice because they obviously Casino Royale is incentivizing. Uh, guests to come on board they're they're it's it's like their own little subsection beyond you know crown and anchor society which may or may not offer you discounts uh and something else to be aware of is, is that if you are getting a discount through casino royale you can still use a travel agent to help you book it uh they're they're capable of doing that so it's it's uh, again hey if you're getting access to it it's great my recommendation is if, you, if you're new to this so this is news to you and something of interest you know certainly you can you know go to the royal Caribbean block message boards and get more information from other users but when you get on board your next Royal Caribbean ship, you know, stop by the casino host, have a quick conversation with them. They can outline everything that's there, make sure your account is set up correctly. And uh, yeah, and my last tip, and Steve, feel free to jump in on this as well, is that if you are interested in this, not only, you know, make sure your account is in good standing before you gamble, not spend six days on a seven night cruise, spend all this money and then be like, hey, were you guys watching what I was doing? Because <laughs> we laugh, but it has been known to happen where it doesn't quite get counted. So Make sure you're all on the same page there at the beginning of the cruise. Exactly, yeah. When you put your card in, it should register and show your name, and then it would tell you how many points you have. And sometimes it doesn't register. You have to be careful when you make make sure that your name shows up or, or that it turns green on some of the newer machines. Um, so then make sure you're getting credit for whatever you're, you're gambling in there. Nice. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you joining me here on this week's episode to talk about your winnings there. And uh, it's safe to say this was your last cruise you've been on, right? Uh, no, I was last cruise I was on was in February. I okay, so the, so did Lady Luck join you on that cruise? No, she did not. But <laughs> 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 but that cruise was one of the, the cruise I did get the eighteen dollar drink package on. Oh, well then you know, you got it. Well, she I mean, just came in a different form, kind of a different form of luck. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Steve, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, friends, time to answer more of your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I jump into our Royal Caribbean blog inbox and answer as many questions as I can from you. And, of course, you can always email me, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And you can email me if you have a question about your upcoming cruise, something you read about at royalcaribbeanblog.com, an interesting anecdote, something that comes up, basically, if it's somewhat related to Royal Caribbean, that's even better. So uh, this week, we're going to start off with an email from Joanna, who writes, Hi, Matt. I've been meaning to write you since our seven-night sailing from Barcelona on Oasis of the Seas last August. I had listened to episode 248 with Colleen McDaniel about European cruises as part of our preparations. We've been on 10 cruises, but the Oasis sailing last summer was our only non-Caribbean one. The four of us, my husband and our sons, who were 13 and 15, and me, spent four action-packed days in Barcelona before embarkation. It took us about two nights to adjust to the six-hour time difference. We were very well-researched for our trip, 
and had bought tickets for every attraction ahead of time, including free time tickets to the Picasso Museum. Good thing we did so because people who tried to enter without a ticket were denied at the door. We also stayed in a hotel right on La Rambla, so everything was within a subway ride or walking distance away. We saw everything. On the morning of embarkation, we managed to squeeze in two more attractions in Barcelona before arriving at our cruise port by 10.45 a.m. in time for lunch at the Windjamer. Embarkation was a breeze. There were five ports in a row, Palma de Mallorca, Marseille, Las Pisa, which is Florence and Pisa, and Rome and Naples. There was only one sea day at the end. The first two days were relaxing as they weren't full in port. In Palma de Mallorca, we took a short ride to Palmanovo Beach for the Mediterranean Beach Day. In Marseille, we opted to walk a kilometer from the port to catch a free shuttle into town. There were signs there for that. Alternatively, guests could take a shuttle directly from the port into town for 20 bucks US per person round trip. Once in person, we explored the cathedral, La Paniere district, and local markets. The next three port days in Italy were not for the faint of heart, lasting roughly from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. and in extreme heat and humidity. Good thing we wore very sturdy running shoes, brought lots of water and sun protection, wide-brimmed hats, and were mentally prepared for the arduous days ahead. We had originally wanted to book private tours in Italy as we got great referrals from a friend who had just come back from the same itinerary. However, my mother-in-law was convinced that we would be kidnapped if we booked directly with locals. So you assuage your paranoia, we purchased our excursions on the cruise planner and said about six weeks before the trip and during the sale. There seemed to be a, very, a sale every week after that, so I compared prices each time. My observations were that the prices of popular tours either remained the same or went up and often had no discounts at all. I also observed the percentage of the discount varied from week to week. One week, the price could be 25% off, but it would only be 15% off the next. For Las Pisa, which again was Florence and Pisa, we had purchased Florence and Pisa, a guided tour to both cities. This is a very popular tour. As the port was 121 kilometers from Florence and Florence was 82 kilometers east of Pisa, we knew to expect long bus rides, but we decided to do it anyway in case we never returned to Tuscany. These two cities were extremely crowded and we didn't spend too much time in either one. The tour included lunch and we were able to accommodate my son's gluten-free diet. In fact, each Italian city was able to accommodate his diet. It was in Pisa that I took my favorite photos the entire trip. My son holding up, quote unquote, the Leaning Tower of Pisa with his foot. And despite the long bus rides, I still clocked more than 14,000 steps at the end of the day. For Chivitav, oh my goodness, I can't pronounce it. She even wrote out how to pronounce it. Chivitavecchia? Chivitavecchia. We're gonna call this Rome. In Rome, <laughs> we had purchased Best of Rome Coliseum outside visit at 25% off. A few weeks later, the price went down by a few dollars. By the time we had gotten on the ship, the tour was so was no longer listed as a tour option as it was not very popular, but they did not cancel it for those of us who had already purchased it. I imagine most people wanted to go inside the Coliseum as well. We had done that years ago. To our very pleasant surprise, there ended up being only 10 of us, three families on a massive coach bus with an amazing guide. Royal Caribbean definitely lost money on this tour. Because there were so few of us, the guide took us to extra sites that weren't originally planned. We tipped them well at the end. After lunch, we got an extensive tour of the Vatican Museums. My favorite was the Sistine Chapel. Again, the heat in the crowds were unbearable. We clocked more than 16,000 steps that day. For Naples, we purchased the Amalfi Coast and Pompeii by land and sea at 20% off. A week later, the discount had dropped to just 15% off. This is my favorite port. I love the picturesque views of the coast that we enjoyed, both on the bus driving along the winding mountain roads and later on a boat. After the included lunch, we were moved by our visit to the ruins of Pompeii. My younger son was awestruck that 
Although Mount Vesuvius had wiped out an entire civilization in 79 AD, that so many of the buildings and civilians were so well preserved by volcanic ash and pumice. Our guide was great. Another 17,000 steps, mostly on rocks and cobblestone, clocked that day. We very much enjoyed our solitary sea day at the end. Although logistically difficult, I wish that Royal Caribbean would have placed sea day between any two of the three exhausting Italian ports in order to let us rest. Thanks to the meticulous planning and obscene amounts of food consumed on the ship at dinner time, we had a super fantastic vacation. Thanks for everything, Matt. Uh, sorry I didn't write anything about the ship or the guests, mostly Europeans and adults, maybe another time. Joanna, thanks for the email, and Joanna did include a picture of her son holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's basically, if you're familiar with uh, WWE wrestling, it's a super kick as far as I'm concerned, but it's he's standing on one foot, looking behind him with, another, with his other foot high up in the air, and gently, it looks like he's gently holding up the tower. Kind of a fun thing there. And what, boy, what great tips for anyone who's considering going to Europe for their first time. You know, we're doing our first European cruise next year, uh, but we're going to Norway. And I got to admit, while I would love to go to Italy and France and Spain, I have the idea of going in the summertime and, and obscene heat and humidity combined with tons of walking. It's not enjoyable for me. I just... I I, I want to go, but I got to find a way to go like either at the very beginning or the very end of the year of the cruise season, that is, to allow for better weather because I just can't do heat and humidity, even though I do live in Florida. But that being said, I don't go out in Florida and walk 17,000 steps in a day. I sit in the air conditioning all day and then reemerge around <laughs> Thanksgiving. So keep that in mind right there. Anyway, all that being said. Uh, Joanna, thanks for the email. I hope that it helps some other folks out who are considering what to do there. I like your mother-in-law's concern that you'd be kidnapped. And listen, it's when anytime you go to a new port, a new area of the world, I can understand why there's a little bit of hesitation there. Some people don't, you know, are more like, hey, well, you know, YOLO, right? But in uh, but in this case, I think, you know, I probably would have done a very similar thing as well. Next, we have an email from Trista McNamara, who writes, hey, Matt, I've got a seven-night Alaska cruise booked on Quantum of the Seas out of Seattle for July 2021. Any suggestions for the best hotels near the port? We're coming in two days early, so we get some time to explore the city as well. Thanks for the, all the information and helpful content. Trista, thanks for the email. And, you know, when it comes to Seattle, the good news is there's a lot to do in Seattle. Uh, I don't think you... There's, I, there are, I'm sure there are hotels near the port, but the port is in the middle of, not the middle of nowhere. But if you're going to be in Seattle, you want to be in Seattle. And I recommend booking a hotel in Seattle because that was for us the best way to go about it. I found it to be a very uh, smart decision to be staying, quote unquote, downtown in Seattle because there's all the attractions or a great, great variety of the attractions are very close nearby. Uh, to that area and the area the the neighborhood we're talking about really you're talking about the 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 you know near the space needle primarily uh you know queen anne is one of the neighborhoods capitol hill pike place uh really if you're near the space needle you're pretty good what you want to be in you want to be south essentially of i don't even know what this is i'm looking at the map right now some river bay uh it doesn't matter you want to be near this uh again capitol hill queen anne i think that's where we ended up staying in the Queen Anne district. That allows you basically to walk everywhere. You can walk to Pike Place Market. That's where the original Starbucks is, where they throw fish over your head and they catch it. The Space Needle's there. You can pretty easily get to the aquarium and some of the other attractions that are nearby. And even if it's even if it's like, okay, it's a little too far of a walk to get somewhere, there's great public uh, bus transportation that you can get on. And for us, that was fantastic. Now I will say this, Tristan, when I went to Seattle and I did a blog post and a YouTube video about this, 
I when we went to Seattle the first time, and the only time, quite frankly, um, we dedicated two days. So we came in, and then we spent a day before the cruise. No, sorry, we did two days after the cruise. That's what it was. We came in, we slept. That's what we got on the cruise. Came that after the cruise, we spent two days in Seattle. That was one day too many. One full day of Seattle is probably more than you need, unless you're really going crazy, or at least for downtown Seattle. There's a lot of things that are outside the area that you may want to be doing as well. You know, there's Boeing Field, which of course is the Boeing Aircraft Factory and, and the company there. You've got national parks, you've got mountains, Vancouver is nearby. There's a lot of things that are outside the city. For the city itself, like actual Seattle, I, I think certainly a full day is, is more than enough time to do at least the highlights of, of what there is there, Trista. So hopefully that answers your, your question there. So I would, again, I would say stay in the Queen Anne area and you can easily walk around, maybe take some public transportation here and there and you are good to go. And our last email this week comes to us from Ron Ladowski, who writes, uh, hi Matt, as a long time Royal Caribbean blog insider, first shameless plug, I have a few questions about utilization of the 125% future cruise credit and the 125% onboard credit due to the cruise industry shutting down. Quite a few questions actually. In my situation, I received the future cruise credit and an onboard credit for my canceled adventure of the seas, eight night Southern Caribbean cruise in April, 2020. My upcoming cruise on Harmony of the Seas, seven night Eastern Caribbean cruise, September, 2020 has also just been canceled. I recently have three cruises. I currently have rather three cruises still booked. The Allure of the Sea, seven night Western Caribbean cruise on April, 2021, Allure, October, 2021 and Vision, April, 2022. So ready or not, here come the questions. Number one. Can I distribute my total 125% future cruise credit balance from my two canceled cruises to my three upcoming cruises, or is it a one-time distribution? It's a one-time distribution. That being said, Ron, let's say you have you have your future cruise credit and uh, you apply it to cruise one, and it's actually your future cruise credit exceeds the value of the cruise for cruise one. You have a leftover remainder. You'll get the remainder back as another future cruise credit. However, in their current system, Ron, you wouldn't be able to apply the remainder to cruise number two or cruise number three until you actually took cruise number one. That's a rule that's been in place before the whole COVID-19 business and that hasn't been changed yet. So just food for thought when you keep that in mind before you assume you can you know, do that. But no, it's you apply it all. It's not, you can't piecemeal it around. I know what you're trying to do, basically take the total cost of all three cruises down a little bit. No, you're just going to apply it to one. Number two, if I were to have more ones, more 125 future cruise credit than I have left in my balances, okay, yeah. Um, can I apply my future cruise credit and they get a credit card refund on the overpayment amount? No, you're going to get a remainder value. So another future cruise credit, again, that's for the remainder there. And lastly, Ron says, with the current future cruise credit timeframe shortening, do you think that Royal Caribbean may extend applying the current 125% future cruise credit to sailing dates after April 30th, 2022? Uh, I think, Ron, at the very least, that's definitely possible. Um, but I say that there got there has to be more sailings. Right now, the reason why the future cruise credits expire or cannot be used beyond April 30th, 2022 is because there are no sailings beyond April 30th, 2022 to book. Thus, they're not going to allow it beyond that. Once new sailings for summer and fall and winter 2022 are announced, I would expect the future cruise credits to probably or likely or perhaps be extended. I could totally see that happening. I mean, I just don't see why not. So, Rob writes, uh, thank you, Matt, for all you do. Hope to cruise with you again on an upcoming Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. Check second shameless plug. Thank you, Rob, for the shameless plugs and for the email. Hopefully that answers your questions there. And uh, of course, uh, thanks to everybody for listening to this week's episode. If you have a question that you want to have answered, feel free to email it to matt, M-A-T-T, -T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, 
I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.